This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Hallelujah. Hey, man, I need a little more shout than Josh got. Hey, man. Woo! You're looking good. You know, sometimes I think about this church like a big airplane. Has anybody ever flown on airplanes? Well, I was on a smaller airplane a while back, and uh, people were kind of all sitting towards the back. And the pilot made the announcement. He said, we're going to need to have some of you to balance this out to move paper towards the front, or we're not going to be able to take off. <laughs> and so it looked like we're situated pretty well tonight. That's why I had to block off that section there. I thought, man, we can't have them scattered for us to take off. We ought to be out here where I can just hit straight ahead and do it. Say, man, you're looking good. How many ready for Thanksgiving? And Christmas. And the holidays. Hey, man, well, guess what? There's somebody else ready, too, called the devil. He wants to hit your family. He wants to hit you. He wants you worried about money. He wants you offended about what somebody didn't do or what somebody did do, et cetera, et cetera. But tonight we're going to look at three simple things we can do to strengthen our faith. Three simple things to build up our faith and strengthen our faith. And uh, matter of fact, well, I, was up, I was up at Big Bear uh, last week for the first part of the week just seeking God, spending time with the Lord. Look at things like that. And he gave me this one night. I was, I was laying there waking up. You know, a lot of times he speaks to me while I'm waking up. I got up and wrote it down. And I've been feeding on his simple things that probably most of you already do. And maybe some of you don't know these things yet, but you're going to learn them. And so anyway, I just reinforced myself and kicked into high gear again. And these three things I'm going to talk about tonight. And to take notes, we'll go kind of quick because of the time factor on Wednesday night. But I want to make sure. I get the simplicity of the Word of God to you tonight so you can practice it. Open up to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Amen. I'll, t- I'll tell you what uh, Brother Hagin used to say, and uh, I believe it. He said, to your degree of excitement for the Word of God is your degree of excitement for Jesus, because it's His Word. And uh, Jesus and His Word are one and the same. You know something that... Uh, it, it takes you a little while to get the revelation of it, I think, but once you get it, it really means something. You know, if I were standing up here today and say, I've got a letter from whoever your favorite sports person is or politician is, if there is such a thing as a favorite politician, but anyway, somebody you really look up to, and, uh, you know, I'd say Dr. Barclay. I'd say, you know what, I've got a letter named Dr. Barclay, and Dr. Barclay told me to read this to you about our church. God talked to him about our church. I want to read this. I'm excited. Well, as I read this, if you knew Dr. Barclay, you'd picture his face. And you kind of hear his voice because you know what he sounds like. Or if I said, you know what, Mrs. Pastor sent me this, Daddy, to read it to you. And you get a picture of Mrs. Pastor, her voice, what she looks like, and knowing her like that, it'd bless you. Well, I got a word from God tonight. I'm going to read you a letter from God tonight. And he's talking to you. And he's talking to me. And his son Jesus has a lot to say to that. I'm going to read what Jesus wrote for us. Amen. And so anyway, when we get excited about the Bible, we're saying, Jesus, we're excited about you because we know that the Bible is you talking to us. And amen. I'll tell you what. As a matter of fact, let me show you a little book here because this goes with that. This is called One Word from God Can Change Your Relationships. One Word from God Can Change Your Relationships. And I was looking at the bookstore right before I came up here to see what to show. I always like to show books. I thought about, man, for the last three weeks, up here at the altar time, and people coming up for prayer, they're not coming up for healing. They're not coming up for jobs or money. I'm hearing person after person after person. Pastor, would you pray for my family? 
I want my family restored. Would you pray for my family? My, 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 my sister hasn't talked to me for 30 years. My brother hasn't talked to me. My children are scattered and they won't talk with me. Pastor, would you pray for my family? And so I know that a book like this here, all it takes is one Bible verse to jump in your heart, to fire you up, to give you something to hold on to. I believe that God's going to do something in your life. All it takes is one verse. It doesn't take the whole Bible. It takes one verse. Yeah, you want to read the whole Bible. But I'll tell you what, when a preacher is preaching and reads a verse, or you're studying and reading a verse, or there's a verse you know all of a sudden the Holy Ghost speaks it to your heart while you're going about your business. All of a sudden, man, on the inside you're doing cartwheels. You're jumping up and down. And you can say, I've heard from heaven. I know how this is going to turn out. And praise God it does. Anyway, that book there, if you know people are having relationship problems, whether they're marital problems, separation problems, or whether it's relationships with kids, parents, uh, siblings, whoever it is, this has several different really great, awesome preachers that I've said under this book here that will say things and preach things in this book that will help you see some things. So we have several of these in the bookstore, but it will really help you to buy something like that. Amen? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Of course, you know, this whole chapter is uh, ends up talking about prayer, but it tells you how to put your spiritual armor on. But before it tells you how to put your spiritual armor on, I want you to notice verse 10. And here's where we're going to be preaching off of tonight. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong like a good little trooper. Just do the best you can. You can't never tell what God might do. No, it says, Finally, my brethren, you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And I'm going to be given correlations between physical working out to get strong physically and spiritually working out. Now, how many know that physically I can't just walk to you and say, Nick, be strong. And all of a sudden, whoop, boy, those biceps jump up. Man, look at those legs. And that dude's got a six pack just because I said be strong. He got it. No, no. Physically, you do it just all of a sudden, like, like you're blowing air in one of those blow up dolls or something, like it's blowing air. Here's the Hulk comes walking out now. It doesn't work that way. You have to start going down to the gym. And when you go to the gym, you can't just sit there and look at that trainer up there, man, just doing you all this, man, and like that and think, wow, man, I sure heard a good lesson about how to work out. Man, look at that. I go to the gym, man, I tell you what, I'm getting stronger already. And you've never picked up a weight. You've never got on a treadmill. You've never got on those stretching machines or any of that kind of stuff there. You say, man, I'm being strong. Well, how are you being strong? I go to the gym. Well, what about it? i got an awesome trainer. He tells me everything to do. But what do you do? I watch him. And I, 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 I kind of get entertained. You know, I get entertained. I watch that guy work out. And, man, he tells me all the, all the different contests he's won. And, man, I look at those legs. He shows me pictures how he used to look for. He started working out. Man, I tell you what, I'm getting stronger every day. But if you're not doing what he did, you're not getting it. And, you know, if you look at the church, it's kind of like a spiritual gym. You come in and say, man, and I'm not saying this about me, but you could say, man, we got an awesome pastor. He teaches the Bible like nobody I've ever heard. 
And you ought to hear the testimonies those other people come to church. Man, we get testimonies all the time of these people, what they're doing. Well, there's some things that I do. There's some things that you that have awesome testimonies do to get strong. And then you don't just get strong by coming in here watching somebody else work out. They matter, oh me. You don't get strong just by coming in here and somebody else's testimonies of all the faith medals they have because they picked up a lot of waste, did a lot of things, cast out a lot of devils, helped a lot of people get their lives together. But people that are strong did something to get strong. And so God would not tell us just be strong if he didn't also tell us how to get strong. And so uh, tonight look at me like a trainer. I'm going to give you some training advice that I've actually practiced over the last almost 38 years. And uh, I used to be, like they said, uh, well, you know, there's got very few people here who know this, who, who, who Mr. Atlas was. <laughs> Little guy on the beach, he's sand in his face on the beach. He said, I was a 90-pound weakling. And then become a massive hulk. He got tired of getting kicked around, so he started working out. And he got worked out and worked out and worked out. So nobody picked on This is way back a long time ago, a famous a strong guy in America. Well, it's the same thing you spiritually. If you're getting tired of the devil kicking you around, of the devil eating your lunch, of the devil making you think, boy, I wish I could go to bed tonight because, boy, i got to have relief I go to bed. And then you're in bed you can't sleep. Say, man, I wish it was daytime. Then everything would be okay. And then comes daytime. You say, man, I wish it was nighttime again. I wish it was daytime again. Always trying to win a battle, but never knowing how. Well, tonight we're going to give you three simple things that's really going to help you. So he says, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Here's the way that I've always interpreted this verse since I've been a word of faith Christian. I've, I've always seen it this way. Be strong in the Word and in the power of the Holy Ghost. Be strong in the Word and in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I want to to tell you why I read it that way. Look at John chapter 1. And, you know, for you old-timers that know the Word of God really well, I know I could just quote this for you and you get it. There's a pastor and a Bible teacher that has different levels of Christianity in here. Some people probably never seen these verses before we're going to look at. So I want them to see them so they can mark them down. But for us that know these verses, it builds us up to see these verses again. John chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 1, 2, and 3. And it says this, In the beginning was the Word. Do you notice that Word has a capital W? That's talking about Jesus, was the Word, and the Word was with God. And look at this, and the Word was God. The Word was God. And so if you're going to be strong in the Lord, you're going to be strong in His Word, because that's Him. Strong in the Lord and strong in the Word. And the Word was with God, the same as in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. All things were made by God. All things were made by the Word. And when you stop to think about it, Just think about Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, then it says, And God said, he spoke words. God said, let there be light. And God said, let the waters be filled with fishes. And God said, let every plant have seed, and every seed produce plants. God said. And so it says, the world was created by the Word. The world was created by God. 
but God of the Word are one. So when God spoke, the Word spoke. When the Word spoke, God spoke. And so if we're going to be strong in the Lord, we've got to be strong in the Word. Amen. So I want to keep on looking at this passage right here to show you this. It says in verse 3, All things were made by Him, and without Him, without God speaking His Word, was not anything made that was made. Jump down to verse 14. It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was made flesh. And so we're coming into Christmas season. You'll be hearing lots of Christmas sermons and things like that. Uh, not only here, but everywhere else. You'll be reading Christmas books, getting Christmas cards. And it'll talk about Jesus being in the womb of Mary. But as you study the Gospels, the book of Luke says that the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and planted the Word in Mary's womb. And that's when the Word became flesh. And so, in other words, Mary was not impregnated by a man's sperm. Mary was impregnated by the Word of God. God's Word went into her womb and began to grow skin and form into a little baby. And so then when Jesus came out of Mary's womb, the Word of God came out. And the Word of God was Jesus, says the Word of God grew flesh. Can you see that? And so how can you be strong in the Lord if you're not strong in His Word? Amen. And so what I'm doing, I'm giving you some tips here about how to be strong. He said in Ephesians 6.10, be strong. And then He tells you what to do to get strong. Be strong in the Word and in the power of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to go into detail this in just a minute. But also, I want you to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And this is why I say, uh, be strong in the Lord, the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this. Jesus said, but you shall receive power... After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And I want you also to look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I'll give you some scriptures. I hope you're writing them down. I'm just, not just watching the trainer work out. <laughs> Amen. See, it's, I've shown you equipment and how to use it. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. With the Holy Ghost and with power. The Holy Ghost and power are synonymous. You can't have one without the other. You receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the power. You have very little power until you're baptized in the Holy Ghost. You have some, but very little. And so that's why I say... Be strong in the Lord. The power of His might is to be strong in the Word and the power of the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to look at these things tonight, how the Holy Ghost and the Word of God will help build you up to a very spiritually strong person. Three simple things to look at. And so I want to look at these things now. And as I said, the Lord reminded me of this up at Big Bear last week. And I've been meditating on Him. And this morning I was thinking, man, I want to teach that tonight to the congregation. Just look at this again. Refresh, refresh them. Look at Acts chapter 20 while we're there and go to verse 32. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And actually what this chapter is about, uh, when, when you read the chapter, starting about verse 17, we're not doing this, but this is what I call the first pastor's conference in the New Testament. 
Paul called the pastors together, starting at verse 17. He began to instruct them and help them in what to do. He called the elders, called the pastors together. And so he's given these guys some insights he's learned and things to do to be effective ministers to finish what God called them to do. But he gets down to verse 32 then. He's in his closing of his message. And he says this, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the Word, and to the Word, I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up. Aren't that what we're talking about, building up? Amen. Is that what you do to go to the gym? You get built up. You build yourself, build your muscles up. You build your physical strength up. You go to the gym to do that. Well, Paul's talking to these pastors how to spiritually get built up. He says, I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, who is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. And I want you to notice this right here. As a teacher, these things always jump out at me. He says, and to his word, which is able to build you up. It didn't say the Word of God would build you up. It said it's able to. You go to the gym, and since I've not been a gym person, I don't know all the stuff. If we got the experts here, they're probably out here. That's probably out at the gym, but that's okay. <laughs> but if you've ever walked through one of those places there, you see those guys back there, all that equipment in there is able to build me up. But it doesn't build me up because I don't get on it. <laughs> but those guys that get on the equipment, and they do the... And they lay down like that, man, they're going, and they're doing all that stuff there. Well, guess what? That equipment is able to build anybody in this room up. But I doubt if very many people in this room tonight do that. But, you know, if you're a hardworking person like, like Dave, uh, like Michael, and some people do physical labor now, I mean, if you're using a hammer, your arm's getting built up. If you're using a saw, then you're getting built up. I'm talking about a hand saw. Or if you're carrying lumber on your shoulders or carrying bricks or something like that, you're doing exercise, you're getting built up. But it takes you doing something instead of just having something that's able. You know, that's like people say, well, God is able. Yeah, God is able, but are you willing to let him? Are you willing to do your part? I mean, God's able to do anything. But it's always been a man-God proposition. It's always been a man-God partnership working together, God's part, man's part. God provides the tools. We're the workmen that use the tools. Amen. Second Timothy 2.15 says we're supposed to study the Word of God so we won't be ashamed. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. That's the tools of our trade is the Word of God. And so you notice right here that he said, I commend you to God and to the Word of His grace, which is able to build you up. If you don't use what He gives you, you won't get built up. God's given us everything it takes for victory. And so look at some of these uh, tools he's given us to be able to be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. We see how important the word of God is. And so I, I want to show you how you work out in the word. Is this number one thing here. We're not on the second two things yet, but it's still on number one, how to work out in the word. And so go to Psalms 1, the first three verses. And, you know, I know that for me, been around for a while as far as, you know, working out in God's spiritual gym. And a lot of you, that sure is good to hear things like this again, refresh us what we know. But as a pastor, uh, I think about Mrs. Pastor up in Alaska right now. She told me how much her minds are in Maine. When she was a little girl, they lived in Maine for several years. 
had a farm in Maine. And in Maine, it was a lot of snow like Alaska is a lot of snow. But what I'm getting to is this. In Maine, believe it or not, my wife actually went to a one-room schoolhouse, had all the grades in one little building. The teacher went around and had a little bit of students here, a little bit of students there. She taught all the way from first grade to eighth grade in one little building, one-room schoolhouse. And so there were different things. She taught the first graders, the beginners, that she didn't teach the eighth graders because way over their head. And there was things that she taught the eighth graders that she taught them first grade things. They got bored. They couldn't pay any attention. And so at a church like this, a pastor is like a teacher in a one-room schoolhouse. I have to realize as I'm doing what I'm doing that some people are just starting their faith walk. And that some other people, if I stay too long on the elementary, then I'm going to lose the ones that know it all. Or they think they know it all. (laughs) But the thing is what I'm saying It's so good as a Christian to always stay hungry for the Word of God. To always say, Lord, I need that. I needed that, Lord. That slipped. I'm so glad you spoke to the pastor to bring that back again. I need to hear that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that I got to hear that. And then the young ones that are getting started, they're thinking, oh, wow, that's in the Bible? Oh, that's what I've been praying for. Oh, I'm so glad to see that. Hey, man, we're showing you how to work out and how to grow from where you are. So Psalms 1 says this, Blessed is the man or the woman that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And so to start off with, to start growing spiritually, it may hurt your flesh at first, but there's some people you have to separate from sometimes. You know, to come to church tonight... All across this country, there's people tonight that offended relatives and friends because they said, I'm going to church. Amen. Well, it's Thanksgiving. What are you going to church for tonight? Well, because I need it. I'm going to feed my body tomorrow. I want to feed my spirit tonight. I need it. My pastor's got a message for me. I'm going tonight. People said, well, just go on. You think you're holier than thou. No, I don't think I'm holier than thou. I think I need what God's got to say to me so I can stay living holy. That's why I'm going to church tonight. Well, this says, blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And so if you're going to start growing strong spiritually, we're going to start separation taking place. We do not, we do not shun people. We don't condemn people that aren't born again Christians. We don't tell them how worthless they are. But for our own spiritual sake, we've got to separate from some things to be able to start growing strong in the Lord. You can't sit around people all day long that are speaking against God. You can't do it. It'll pull you down. You can't sit around people all day long that are telling dirty jokes, that are putting down on everybody. By the way, it talks about the ungodly, nor sit the seat of the scornful. A scornful person is the whiners out there. There's too many whining Christians and way too many whiners in the world. They murmur, complain, and whine about everything, but do nothing to change anything. Have you ever noticed that? The biggest complainers don't do anything. All they do is complain and whine. Well, if you hang around people like that, you're never, ever, 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 ever going to take step number one to get into the gym. Because all you're hanging around is with, I hate to say it, but losers. As you're hanging around with losers, then you're going to become a loser again. And, you know, I'm not saying that in a condemning way, because anybody without, anybody without Christ is losing. They may look good in the natural. They may have money. They may have fame. may have good cars, good jobs. But Jesus said this way, talk about a man that died with everything. He said, God's going to talk to that man and say, hey, thou fool, 
This not your souls be part of you. Who's that stuff going to belong to? Amen. And so the first thing is we need to recognize that we have to be separate from people. But see, something that Christians don't catch a hold of, you mix in with unsaved people all day long anyway. I mean, all day long our light's shining. All day long we're being a witness. But when it comes hangout time at nighttime, you don't hang out with them all the time. Some things we do, some things we don't. But you've got to be able on your off time to hang around with godly people, to hang around with Christians. And the Bible talks about that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony. When you hang around with Christians, people just talking and flowing, talking about what God's doing, causes you to get hope, causes your faith level to rise because you're thinking, wow, if God did that for them, God did that for me. Have you ever been around somebody hanging around with a Christian and all of a sudden they're talking to you and they say, say and you say, how do you know that? Well, the Holy Spirit began to come in through the gift of prophecy. And what prophecy is is simply speaking to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort, according to 1 Corinthians 14.3. Prophecy is not predicting your future. Prophecy is building you up with anointed words coming from a person's mouth. And so that happens when you hang around with godly people that walk with God. You get built up. Amen. And so then verse 2, Then here's where I'm headed to. This is how you work out the word. You don't hang around with people that are non-God people, but you do delight in the law of the Lord. That's talking about the word of God. God's word is God's law. But you delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law, in his word, doth he meditate day and night. Says a believer, to work out of the word is to meditate day and night. And meditate doesn't just mean you think about verses although you do, but meditate in the Hebrew means to ponder by talking to yourself. To ponder by talking to yourself. And Hebrew actually, Hebrew actually notes an active recitation, a re-speaking of God's Word. A re-speaking of God's Word. There's a difference between memorizing and meditating. Memorizing basically deals with your head, putting verses in your head. Memorizing gets them in your heart. When you begin to, I mean meditating, when you begin to meditate the word, to speak the word of God out loud, it starts going from your head to your heart. And then, of course, John 14, 26, write these verses down if you don't know them. But John 14, 26, Jesus said, the Holy Ghost will bring to your remembrance everything he said to you. And so I know that verses come out of my heart that my head doesn't have. Because I put them in my heart for the last 38 years that if I'm talking to somebody, a volley of verses start coming out of me for about any subject there is. And I'm not bragging on me at all. I'm just saying I spent all my Christian life meditating in the Word of God. And just like I was talking to you guys yesterday, all of a sudden I started quoting a bunch of scriptures. That wasn't my head. That was the Holy Ghost bringing my members out of my heart things you need. Years ago, I called my spirit my Holy Ghost concordance. Mrs. Pastor from Alaska, working on things up there. She'll call me on the phone. And say, hey, can you give me some verses on such and such? And I think, why did you give the way I did, Mrs. Pastor? Get, she doesn't have her accordance with her, so she calls like that. They come up out of there, and that's what meditation in the Word of God will do. You ponder by talking to yourself. You recite the Word of God to yourself. And by the way, something that I trained myself to do when I first got saved, because I saw mistakes other Christians made, I, I met, when I first got saved, you know, you know my testimony. I came from Centerville. I didn't know, I didn't have any church background. So I didn't have all the, the uh, 
little kids' Bible stories, stuff like that. My parents didn't tell them. They drank and they did other things. They didn't tell Bible stories. So when I got saved, I'd be around Christians tell me, well, you know what the Bible says? I was a new Christian. I said, well, where's the saying at? And they said, I don't know. And this about said, well, you know what the Bible says? And I said, where's that at? I don't know. And then somebody said, well, the Bible says, but you know, I started to find out for some of that, the Bible didn't say that. I heard a preacher say that, but didn't tell them where it was at in the Bible. So they'd research it, find out if it was there. So they said it said it. And so I thought right off the bat, wow, every verse that I learn, I'm going to first of all, before I learn the verse, learn what we call the address, the location. And so I'm not going to quote John 3.16 if I can't show you where John 3.16 is. And if I'm in a hard place in life where some verses start coming to me, I want to be able to open my Bible because when I open my Bible to that page and I see those verses, well, that verse that I know may come up out of me, but when I look at it in my Bible page, I may see the one two verses up jump off at me. Or the one on this page on this side, I'll say, wow, oh, I forgot about that one, man. I see that one now. And so I highly recommend, I highly recommend don't just learn Bible verses, learn Bible addresses. Because what I found out also as a soul winner, as a witness, I witnessed to people from different things that aren't really Christian denominations. They're just famous things, religious organizations in America that don't believe in Jesus, the Son of God, that died for their sins and rose from the dead, believe he was a prophet of God, believe he was a great teacher philosopher and all those kind of things, but not as the Son of God died for their sins. They have their own versions of the Bible. Say Bible, but they're not really Bible. They change things. And so what I've learned because of that by experience, when I've sat down with some of these people to work with them about salvation things, because God and me have these verses in my heart, open up my Bible immediately, bam, 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 and I show them, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. Or sometimes you're in a situation where people need help with their family. They need help with healing. And if you could yourself go right to their Baptist Bible or their Catholic Bible, whatever it is, say, well, here it is, right here in your Bible. You know, because a lot of times they'll say, well, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know if I believe him or not. Say, what's that on your table? Well, that's my grandma's Baptist Bible. Our family's had that for a 100 years. I said, wow, can I see your grandma's Bible? I'll be easy. We open it up and say, wow, that's in grandma's Bible. But if you don't know that, you can't do that. You understand what I'm saying? So make sure that you write down when you're learning verses the location and then the verse. And then begin to read it out loud. Put it on three by five cards if you want to. What, what I've done in modern times now, I, I mean, you guys know more about computers than I do and stuff. I just take a picture of my iPhone. And if I'm sitting in the airport and I pull out my iPhone, I'm not reading emails. I'm going through my pictures, my Bible pages. And I'm reading pages of my Bible that have verses on them I like, and actually verses that I've known for, you know, 35, 38 years. I've known the verses, but I keep looking at them over and over again. What am I doing? I'm doing what Psalms 1 verse 2 says. I'm meditating in the Word day and night. And then notice what verse 3 says. Verse 3 says, Be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper out here in the desert, you see how that works really well. You get down around the Mojave River, comes down to that little town out old six, Route 66. What's that town down there called? Got the antique places. Who? Yeah, yeah, down that area down there. Uh, anyway, you get down there, you start to tell when you're getting close to the river because those trees are giant. 
all kinds of growth down there because those roots have went down and found water. And when they found water, then the tree grows up. A Christian that meditates of the word day and night, what this verse says, has deep roots. And they get water from God to help them to grow up and grow big and grow strong. It says, you notice what it says right there? His leaf shot out wither. Breaks forth his fruit in his season. And you know, this is, this is a, this is a side note, but every season in your life is not a fruit bearing season. Every season in a tree's life is a fruit bearing season, just certain seasons. There's seasons of recovery and replenish. Then there's seasons of growth and fruit bearing. And so I know that me as a Christian, I used to years and years and years ago get so frustrated because it wasn't coming to pass that I finally learned to flow with God the seasons. Well, I'm in the season where it's not the fruit buried. I mean, we're always bearing Christian fruit, Christian fruit of the Spirit. But I'm talking about where you're really out there, man, things are really popping and happening, man. It just seems like bam, 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 bam. Everything you touch goes off and prospers, man. Everything's working well like that because all of a sudden it's that time again. And so when those seasons are here, man, I enjoy them. I praise. I give God glory. And then when it's that other season, I still give you praise and glory. But I say, well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We know another wave's coming. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. My roots are going down. I meditate in the Word when it's fruit-bearing season. I meditate in the Word when it's not fruit-bearing season. So what am I doing? I'm going to be what the psalmist said I'm supposed to be. I'm going to meditate the Word. My leaf isn't going to wither. In other words, I'm not going to die out and backslide, but I'm going to keep on going with God. And so that's how you work out in the Word. Get the habit every day, every day, every day. And by the way, it's not quantity, it's quality. You know, you don't have to read 16 chapters tomorrow to try to keep up some Bible plan because it's coming up towards the end of the year and you fell behind. You know, all you're going to do is get bummed out. <laughs> Amen. And feel condemnation because you didn't finish the plan. But what you do and you're meditating on the Word of God, you can have a Bible plan. But you need to find passages that minister to you right now. If your financial life's together right now, and you're having a problem with another area of life, an addiction trying to creep back in you used to have, or something trying to come up, then go back to your passage on what it means to be delivered. Go back to Romans chapter 6 again, Romans chapter 7 again, Romans chapter 8. Start meditating upon them again. And if it's financial things you're dealing with, go back to Malachi chapter 3 and read about the blessings of being a tither. Read them out loud and say, Lord, that belongs to me. I'm a tither, Lord. I want to thank you that windows of heaven open on my life. I just want to thank you, Jesus. I'm not a God robber. I'm a tither. I want to thank you people for seeing me and call me blessed. And that's meditating the Word of God. Look at those verses and then make them first person for you and put your name in there where it says he. But if you're a she, then you say that's me and put your name in there. Psalms 91 is a favorite one of mine. And in Psalms 91, believe it or not, a lot of those verses there where it says, talks about the he that dwells in the place most high. I'm right there. I put a little cross through the little slide through there. I wrote Bernie. And then there, the last four verses where it talks about what God will do for the man that follows after him, meditates in the word, lives with him. I wrote, God said, I shall show Bernie my salvation. He shall live long and I'll bless him and I'll show my blessing on Bernie's life. I put that in mind. That's meditate the word God. What am I doing? I'm getting built up. And so the first thing you do to be strong in the Lord, to be strong in the word. Then I want to show you another thing. Number two point I want to look at. Romans chapter 4, verse 20. 
Anybody get anything out of this? Amen. Romans 4, verse 20. Romans chapter 4, another great chapter, uh, faith chapter, talks about Abraham. And, and a matter of fact, Romans chapter 4 actually calls him the father of our faith. But I want to get down to verse 20. There's so many things that we look at. But verse 20 says this, that, that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Isn't that what we're talking about, being strong? Being strong in faith, giving glory to God. So here's the second thing I want to tell you. I want to read this out of the Amplified Bible. To build yourself up and be strong in faith, it says this in the Amplified Bible, but Abraham grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. As he gave praise and glory to God. Abraham grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. And you know, I think about the about, about, about the gym, you know, the, going out to work out at the gym. There's so many things in there you can do, but all of us, not all the super-duper heavy lifting. You know, to me, it's heavy lifting sometimes to spend time meditating the Word of God, but you could be going down the street in your car and give praise and glory to God. You know, it's just like those little weight things. Mrs. Pastor's got some things that our daughter, daughter Annie have, and she worked out at home, little old things that weigh like two and a half pounds or just a little old stick and got little balls on the end. This pastor walks around doing those. And sometimes when we walk, which we need to do more walking, thank you, Jesus, knew you're coming to the resolution. Rev, rev, what do you call it? Resolution. <laughs> we, we don't do those make faith commitments, but we'll start walking this year. <laughs> but anyway, it's not all the heavy lifting. You have to do the little stuff sometimes. And it takes faith to give praise and glory to God. In this passage here, it says that Abraham was almost 100 years old. His wife was 90 years old. They didn't have that baby yet. And God said, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. And verse 17 says, Abraham called those things be not as though they were. He didn't say God's going to give us a baby. He said God has given us a baby. They still owed. Stuff still didn't work. As a matter of fact, double miracle for Sarah. When she was young, her stuff didn't work. So God had to do two miracles. And her number one, he had to activate the things in her body that never worked to bring a baby. And then number two, he had to override old age to make things work. And the same thing for Abraham. You know, God had to make his old man stuff work so they could have a baby. But he said, God has given me a son. Now, let me tell you, Christian, someplace where you missed it sometimes. He said, by his stripes, you were healed. It's time to quit saying, God's going to heal me someday. You need to start saying what God said. God said you were healed, so you are healed. Hands have laid on you in the name of Jesus. Jesus said in Mark 16, lay hands on the sick in his name. They shall recover. When you hit this prayer line or somebody else prays for you or you even pray for yourself, put your hand up there and say, Lord, I'm a believer. Lay hands on myself. Then your confession needs to be, I'm recovering now. I'm getting better every day. But I've seen so many Christians go to the grave with that same thing, with that whine in their voice. Oh, God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. God's going to heal me. God said, I have healed you. You give me praise and glory for what I've done. And so it says that Abraham, now get this, don't miss this point. This is key. It says Abraham, the Amplified Bible says, grew strong and was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. Whatever it is you're believing God for, Wherever you're at right now, you know, I think about the little 
two and a half, those little two and a half pound weights that Mrs. Pastor has, you know, for some people, that's pretty tough to do two and a half pounds. But you get one of these guys that does the 250 pounds and stuff like that, man, that's a nothing to them. But for us, when we're looking at some of the big crashing down things coming down in our lives, the crisis, family things, job things, money things, addiction things that try to overwhelm us, we need to pick up that two and a half pound weight as we're getting up in the morning and we're fixing breakfast, getting our clothes out. We need to just, may not have time to get in the Bible, but what you have time to do is you're getting dressed. Father, I want to give you praise and glory. Button of the shirt. Father, I want to give you praise and glory. I want to give you praise. Button of the belt. Get down. Get inside. Lord, I want to give you praise and glory. You're working in my family. I want to give you praise and glory, Lord. You're changing. Lord, I want to give you praise and glory that you're God. Nothing's, oh Lord, I give you praise and glory. And you're walking out the door. You're getting in the car. I want to give you praise and glory, Lord. You blessed me with this car. Lord, I want to give you praise and glory. I've got that house you blessed me with. I want to give you praise and glory. Whatever it is, you just say, I just want to thank you, Jesus. Oh, I want to thank you, Jesus. And you know what I've done so many times in my life? I couldn't think of anything else. I'd say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I'll tell you what, just the whole world crashes. And I can't say anything, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's what I know to do. But you know what I'm doing? I'm becoming strong and empowered by faith. I give it praise and glory to God. Amen. And you know, you, you think about it. If you're not giving praise and glory to God, you, you may be thinking you're strong. But as soon as somebody presses your button, man, you blow up. Because you don't have any strength. You don't have any spiritual strength. And so somebody says something about, well, hey, when, when, when's this going to happen? None of your business. Just say, hey, man, I'm not concerned about it. I've given it to God. I give it the praise and glory. God told me he's done it, so I'm just rejoicing. I'm just in his rest right now. Amen. Can you see how simple that second step is? And the last thing I want to look at, three things to build up your faith, is Jude verse 20. Jude, verse 20. Jude 20 says this. That's right for the book of Revelation, if you don't know where it's at. But it says this. But you, beloved, building up yourselves. Can you see how many times you talk about building yourself up? You build yourself up by meditating the Word of God. You build yourself up by giving Him praise and glory. And now building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. To pray in the Holy Ghost is to be praying in other tongues. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Write, write this verse down. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible, because the Amplified Bible says it so much plainer so you understand it. Amplified Bible, Paul said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So he said, When I pray in tongues, it's my spirit and the Holy Spirit together doing the praying. But you're speaking in the Holy Ghost's language he gave you. It's your prayer language. He says, My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me is doing the praying when I pray in other tongues. But my mind is unproductive Bears no fruit and helps nobody. And so he said in Jude 20, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And so three things he told us here in the Word of God we can do. Number one, he said, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. He said, do it 
And so God told us what to do. That means go to the gym. But don't just watch. Work out. Then you go home. Work out. You can pray in tongues anywhere, anytime. You don't have to pray out loud on the job. But I was a truck driver working on the dock with men all around me. I prayed in tongues all night long. I was on the midnight shift. I prayed in tongues all night long and I didn't disturb anybody. I was inside of a truck putting cartons and things on little little carts that we take to other trucks and unload, praying in tongues. Nobody didn't, I wasn't a religious nut. I was praying in my prayer language, getting built up in my holy faith. I'd drive my truck down the road. I could pray in tongues and still be conscious of what was going on around me as I drove my truck. I was getting built up all the time. And so I like what Dr. Barclay says. Dr. Barclay said, Holy Ghost believers should pray in tongues at least 15 minutes every day. And every day. I don't clock myself. I just pray in tongues. I know that sometimes people like Katie uh, points things out to me that we're in the Walmart store, we're sub stores, we're like that. I said, Pastor, 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 you're getting too loud. I just don't think about it. You know, I don't have all kinds of foreign languages I know. I just have two languages I speak. I speak English somewhat. <laughs> you know, my wife, big college stuff, corrects me sometimes, but I've caught on to how to speak English better than I used to. And I speak tongues. And so I've got two languages I speak. But when I'm speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, it says right here, I'm building myself up on my most holy faith. I get faith by hearing the word, reading the word, but I build it up by praying in tongues, by giving praise to glory to God and meditating in the word of God. So if you practice these three spiritual disciplines as a way of life, none of it's hard. You know, I look at all the people that I see in our church, even in other places, that we're in a big workout phase in America. Everybody does the gyms. Everybody's on the program that does all that stuff. Just stop and think. We can come to the gym and get built up here by what we see, but we can take the gym everywhere we go. We can give Him praise and glory all the time. We can pray in tongues all the time. And if we do these things, we're going to be strong in the Lord to the power of His might. And so come to the Christmas season as we're doing what we're doing. Just make sure through all the stress, all the hustle bustle, just begin to praise Him and thank Him. It's all about Him anyway. Thank Him and praise Him. And every time, this is important, every time the devil brings those thoughts to your mind about how it's not working, you're losing, that these things that God told you you're going to do, they haven't happened yet. And every time he gets you to want to start complaining, and whining and let somebody know how bad life is and stand, stop it, replace it. Replace that thought with, thank you, Jesus, it is working. Thank you, Jesus, you're not a bad, you should lie. Thank you, Jesus, you are truth. Just start doing things like that. If you do, you're going to be strong and you're not going to be able to help yourself. You're going to be able to help others. Amen. Because you have worked out in God's Holy Ghost gym and you're going to be a spiritual giant. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.